Welcome back to the Batcave, fellow caped crusaders. This is Batman Returned, and I am your host, Charlie Ashby. And alongside me is a crazed psychiatrist wearing a scarecrow mask. It's Auden Diaz. The Batman. I love him so much. Uh, I'm super excited to dive into these. I can't believe it's already the second season. Um, we're here to talk about symbols. We're here to talk about vaguely uh vaguely weird Liam Neeson as a I don't know the, the ninja assassin leader but he's also he's also a decent mentor we're here to talk about uh the economics of Gotham and and so much good stuff I'm I'm really excited in this second season of Batman Returned we will be looking back at the Dark Knight trilogy from Christopher Nolan Alden what are your overall thoughts on these three films right now well, it's interesting because the, they have such a weird, I think, relationship with, with me and with the culture as we get further away from the trilogy. Whereas when you were in them, you know, like begins Dark Knight and then like especially like between Dark Knight and Rises, we it was like untouchable, like it was untouchable gold that this, these were the greatest comic book films being made, ever made, that ever would be made. It was unreal. And now that we are further away from them, I think that their legacy is complicated and mixed. Not that my feelings on, you know, them have changed as movies, but I think that a lot of people took the wrong lessons. Like a lot of executives took the wrong lessons from these movies. Yeah. And, you know, they set a tone of grim and gritty, but people didn't really understand that they were really just, you know, they were telling stories, you know, in a, in a mature way. And now that we are, you know, we're recording this sort of, um, you know, for people that may be listening long afterward, we're recording this during the, the beginnings of like Marvel Phase 4, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where we see really dark, heady stories happening, but even in that that more poppy world. So I think that now in the 20, the late 20 teens and now the 2020s, we're reconciling the lessons. But there was a while where I think that these movies did as much creative harm as they did like singular good but they are really really just uh an amazing feat of movie making it's interesting you say that about like how much damage they've created because i feel like maybe i feel like but the core cause of that is the misunderstanding like it's from executives mm -hmm. in the sense of character portrayals and how a character is and then taking a specific take on that said character and applying it to every character when that might necessarily not be the same. Um, obviously, we're going to be talking about this when we get into that season, which is, like, I think, ironically, very close to this season. So obviously, this season is going to be delving into 2005 all the way to 2012. Whereas the next season of Batman Returned will start in 2013. So yeah. pretty pretty soon after this trilogy ended, we got the next look at the next phase of films, which I feel like started on the wrong note. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> you could say that. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting to to view them now. And, you know, especially I think in the case of particularly Begins, what I think is the most pure Batman film that we've had since Burton Schumacher, you know, in terms of being a Batman movie, even now with the Ben Affleck iteration, 
he has not had that solo adventure. He hasn't had that opportunity. Like all of his world building is sort of retroactive in the background, you know, conversational references, you know, but moving into Pattinson, I think we're going to get all the way back in in an ironic cyclical way back to this movie in a lot of ways. Yeah, I agree. Like it's the combination of the, the, the real world aspect with the comic book gothic nature of it because i feel like this is the most gothic of the of the nolan films mm-hmm. absolutely yeah and i think what's interesting as well is like the way you were saying about like my my personal opinion on these films is that it's a masterpiece like the overarching story the themes i feel like it's one of my it's one of my favorite batman stories and i think the reason why that is there's all well, there's different reasons firstly i feel like what makes this whole big trilogy standout if we're talking from a trilogy standpoint is that this is arguably one of the most ironically positive batman stories it is yeah i mean this is um whereas you know we'll talk about this so much throughout these three commentaries but this the thesis of these batman movies is you know it's not dissimilar to I think about, you know, like Tony Stark and Steve Rogers conversation about, isn't that why we fight so we can end the fight so we can go home? You know, that whole thing in, in like Ultron and Civil War and that leads up to up to the, you know, the climactic battle with Thanos. It's like these films sort of quietly were tackling that same theme here, too. And we think about Bruce Wayne as such an obsessive character. And he is across all of his iterations. I mean, even Lego Batman plays with that theme a lot of how he's he's doomed himself to to a life of solitude and he's doomed himself to this, you know, obsessive compulsive um, crusade and all this stuff. And these films definitely have that, but it is way more about Bruce riding the line. And it's a Bruce that is more capable and, and idealistic in terms of Batman. You know, this, this is Bruce that sees Batman as a tool that sees Batman as something he can wield. I Nolan's Bruce Wayne, I think in his mind is still Bruce Wayne where, and he's ready. He's ready to get back to it as soon as he can, when he feels the work is over very mission based and he's ready to pass it on. Whereas most iterations of modern Batman across comics, animation, et cetera, are that whole Batman beyond thing where he tells Terry, like, you know, Bruce isn't what I call myself in my head. You know, like he is. I, I, he I still is think he, I still think he is Batman because I think Bruce Wayne dies in any iteration. Bruce Wayne dies when his parents get killed. It's a different type of Bruce Wayne, but like it's 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 interesting. I feel like Batman it, it himself is just Bruce Wayne changed. So, while I agree with some of that, I feel like what's interesting about this this version of the character is that, obviously, because it's a realistic take on Batman, mm-hmm. he actively goes through the struggles. He gets injuries that don't necessarily get fixed. And I know you're going to bring up uh, The Dark Knight Rises, and yes, we'll get there is, there's a magical thing that happens, but at the end of the day, he's still got like a broken leg. So I feel like what's interesting about this Batman is that he does take the toll, and he does actively want to stop. But also, he... He's very, like you said, optimistic in a sense. And it's not just about him stopping criminals. It's about him changing Gotham for the better. And I feel like by the end of this trilogy, we actually do get there. Um, And I think what's interesting as well is like, 
it's about changing Gotham. It's about the people of Gotham, not not it Gotham isn't necessarily a bad place. It's just been dealt a rough hand. And Yeah. I think we do get like I feel like a lot of the this trilogy ends up as the backbone of uh, Snyder, and I say Snyder as in Scott Snyder. I feel like a lot of his stories were actually influenced by this. That sort of positivity, like the idea that Gotham actually can be a good place and that the people of Gotham can stand up against injustice and that the idea that Bruce Wayne, yes, he he can retire, he can come back whenever he wants, but also it's setting up the idea of like a placement or something to protect Gotham forever, which I like. Yeah, I mean, he wants to enable the people to to fend for themselves, you know, to fight for themselves, to give them this is this is a Batman way more interested in the psychology of inspiration, probably equal to, you know, his the psychology of fear. And this this Batman wants to, you know, it's all about shaking people out of apathy, which is, I think, the most relevant quote to today. You know, like Absolutely. when we're one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, when we're in, you know, you in the UK, me in the US, when we when we're facing like Will people vote? Will people do what they need to do? Will people stay indoors and, you know, for the public health? Will people, all of these things. It's about uh, shaking off those ideas that everything's just going to be this way. You know, we're always going to be doomed to repeat our mistakes. And Bruce is here, his parents murdered. You know, this is, there have been different iterations of the Wayne murders that have been bigger and more connected to other things and more, you know, more conspiracy-esque. This is the Wayne murder that is truly just an accident. It's just a symptom of of the city. You know, it's just that way. Yeah. And, you know, that, that comes from that apathy of not, not wanting to clean up the streets and all that stuff. So this is definitely a, uh, a very relevant story. That's the other thing. These movies have aged well, and we'll talk about that too, yeah. is that they, they do a good job of, yes, as we get into you know, the second and third film, it's very obviously, you know, Chicago and it feels way more our world than this one does. But still, I mean, it's not like there's it's not like X-Men 2 where they're playing, you know, Backstreet Boys or something or in sync. like in, in the, <laughs> So it definitely uh, works still now. Also, those last two films take place, obviously, after Batman's been active for about a year. So you can I, I like the idea that he's actually helped clean up a little bit. Yeah. To the extent where they're able to. The narrows isn't as big of a problem, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, are you ready? I am ready. Awesome. Well, let's dive in. Batman begins as usual. We're watching the films on our own. You can watch with us. Obviously, this is a commentary, so watch with us, please. As we give our <laughs> deep takes immediately. We're starting right off at the beginning. A little Warner Brothers logo. Is it the Warner Brothers logo? Is, is, is it's the newer one, right? I believe it's Warner Brothers, yeah. And then there's Nolan's, I think, Syncope logo comes up. and. Okay, great. So we're starting at 0, 0, 0, 0. As always, we're going to say 1, 2, 3. And then on the 3, we click play, right? Yep. Are you ready? All right. 1, 2, 3. Oh, there's some houses. This would be, uh, yeah, I was about to say, we'd be remiss if we did not say this is the first Hans Zimmer Batman, which is, uh, you know, one of the greatest, I think, hiring decisions 
made for comic book movies. Hans has been used in other movies since, you know, like, uh, didn't he, I think he co-did BVS and Mm -hmm. he, um, he did Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Man of Steel, but I I don't think that he's ever been as perfectly suited as he was for these. What an intro. Great, great shot. Yeah. The character of Rachel Dawes, uh, immediately, you know, introduced to Rachel here in their childhood flashback, you get an idea of their bond that she was, she was there for him, like, despite his immense privilege and everything like he still did have like just this normal, like pure friendship. So yeah. I am, I'm curious for you as a, as a, you know, a longtime comics, Batman fan an animated Batman fan, you know, just someone who is like loves the lore. How did you feel about Nolan using an original character to be the friend and love interest instead of using someone else like a silver sand cloud or, or yeah, I, I, love, I love it because it. It's another tie to Bruce's childhood. It's it's someone who knows Batman and Bruce before he became Batman. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that aspect of the character and it adds a bit to the tragedy later on. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a, it was a smart choice for that same reason. You know, it's for someone who, who can be there throughout all the phases and that they can insert into all of these flashbacks to, you know, childhood to young adulthood when he's, at the trial later on of Joe chill. So there's all those different aspects and are there Batman interests, love interests that I still want to see on screen? Absolutely. Like Andrea Beaumont and people like that. But I think that for this story, this really worked. And uh, even then, like Andrea is, is in itself an original character that's been placed in the pre Batman era. Yeah. Respectively. Yeah. Now, this was really cool. I mean, seeing this in 2005, you and I obviously were both kids. That's the year of Revenge of the Sith. It's the year of Fantastic Four. So it's like lots of blockbustery fun. And then this one takes it to a, what is this, an international prison? Like, you know, prisoner fight club? Like, it immediately sets itself apart from anything that we've seen. Like, yeah. what is going on here? And by the time you get to Batman, you're like, oh, my God, it's been like an hour of movie. And, and like, we're just now getting to it. Like, they really credit to Warner Brothers, a studio which nowadays <laughs> uh, uh, makes decisions. Um, but, you know, credit to them back then to saying to this director with really one critically acclaimed movie. Yeah, we'll let you we'll let you stretch the property and and do a you know, do a little bit of a globe-trotting crime story as well. Yeah, I watched this film after I watched The Dark Knight, which is um, okay. crazy, right, right, right. crazy retrospectively. But um, I think what I love about this film is that you start it off going, why is he in prison here? Like, like, what are they trying to like say with the character? And then you realize, obviously, he's he's learning what it's like to be a criminal. Yeah. Which I think is such a brilliant idea. Yeah, absolutely. And just like they sell. Oh, phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> uh, Liam Neeson as Roz is one of those things where it's like it's very much of the era where we were casting very much based on like aesthetics. Like, how did the character look in the comics? Like, oh, he had yeah. this goatee and this sort of regalness. And so we just cast Liam Neeson, give him the goatee. Like they weren't really thinking about where Roz is actually from and what it would be if, if those places were real. And 
et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, we give it the the benefit of time in the same way, like Tom Hardy's Bane should definitely be Latino. And just so we we want I, I just want to put that out front for the listeners. <laughs> yes. Just to clarify, we're not here for whitewashing Arabic characters. Also, there's that weird sort of um, twist. Obviously, we're going to get into it, but <laughs> spoiler yeah. alert. Oh, yeah, where it's, where it's double wrong. It's like it's not just one wrong racial casting. Even the decoy is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the League of Shadows being changed? Yeah. Oh, about... Yeah, I mean, I... I prefer, I think... The League of... It's interesting, because like, I think in the comics world, League of Assassins works with comics are so much more heightened and a little bit cheesier. But for this film, I think it's important that it doesn't have a name that reveals what it is. That way, Bruce can be duped, you know? <laughs> yeah, so like... Come join the League of Assassins. We're, we're cool. <laughs> <laughs> it needed something like that. Um, can we just talk about how good this script is? Oh, the it's, script it's, is phenomenal. Yeah. There's so many quotable lines. There's so much great dialogue in this film. It's so good. And it, like, it's David effortless too. and Nolan, right? Uh, yes. I don't... Hmm, yeah. I, I know Jonathan Nolan pops in. I think he I'm does, one of them. They but. wrote Nolan and both the Nolan brothers wrote The Dark Knight Rises, but... That's what it was. Uh, okay. David yeah, S. Goyer co-wrote this, this and The Dark Knight. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just I flash back to being a kid and watching this with my uncle in the theater and just sitting here and thinking like, what is this? Like, I thought this was a Batman movie. Like, this is so because you're so impatient as a child. And the but it's, scope so, of it. it's so bold. Yeah. And that's another thing. The scope, like you just said, so much of like Denny O'Neill, Batman and like that late 70s, early 80s stuff. Such a great is point. Yeah. The globetrotting, you know. The soundtrack. I know we just brought it up, but. Again, like the soundtrack is is, I think the peak optimized. Like if you listen to the soundtrack, there's no way you feel you don't feel better about yourself. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's just so pure. so good. It's so it's pure. Like, it's, it's like Batman. momentum. It's inspirational. It's, but it's also like really mythic. Yes. Like the horns in these compositions, all of the horns that Hans Zimmer uses. It makes me feel like I'm gliding above a city. And I know sometimes I joke about like film Twitter and stuff. I think film Twitter like knocked the, the wind out of my cells in terms of film appreciation. Mm-hmm. But I want to say right now, like Nolan using film for this film and this score yeah. and that scope, there's nothing like it. Look at that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And I also like, this is the first time we actually get to see Bruce becoming Batman for the first time. Yeah, we've never seen that. And I remember, um, you know, early internet stuff where you hear stories of people that were around, like some people thought this was a prequel to 89. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, like there was a lot of people that were confused, like on the trailers, they'd be like, well, that doesn't look like that. Like, I thought this was, you know, begins. Isn't this supposed to be before the first one? Like they didn't have a concept of a reboot because this was like the first major reboot. Here's a fun fact for you. So uh, to prevent script leaks, Batman Begins was initially titled The Imitation Game. Uh, the Intimidation Game, sorry. Oh, that's um, funny. That was used to thwart media interest. However, this also exercised the cast 
members a bit because so Michael Caine assumed that the script was for a gangster movie. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Beyond the working title, the film's actual title went through many changes as well. It was known as Batman 5 and Batman the Frightening before uh, David S. Goy came up with Batman Begins. Not as good as Batman Dark Knight with 1K. I love how, like, just the dialogue, like I said, the dialogue's so good, it just straight up tells you Batman's core mission right there. Look, he picked the flower. So here we have Ken Watanabe as uh, the faux decoy Raz al Ghul. Obviously, uh, Raz is also not Japanese, so we are zero <laughs> for two on, <laughs> on the ethnicity. We've got two incredible actors to both be incorrectly cast, but uh, they are both really good. And I remember I was legitimately fooled by the uh, fake Raz twist when I was a kid. That really got me. Yeah. And obviously, Ducard is actually part of Bruce's origin and some yes. takes and training him in combat and stuff. I like this too. It's the idea that Bruce is like absolutely knackered, but is still willing to pull up a fight. Yeah. And it show it also introduces some concept of the writing that Bruce has been training in other sets of forms of fighting around the world. He's been trying to learn. Yeah, and so far, like you saw in the prison, like they lock up Bruce to so he doesn't hurt other prisoners. He is like a, a brute force at this point, like a blunt instrument. And the League of Shadows sharpened. will, yeah, they'll teach him how to, like you said, sharpen, how to be more uh, surgical, how to be more theatrical and precise. What do you think about these flash? The way the flashbacks work in this film, I really like them. I I really like all the flashbacks. I think they're perfectly placed. I think that all of the you know, Nolan loves nonlinear. He loves to bounce around uh, from past, present. And I think that they are just expertly used. I don't think there's a single one that I don't like. I love, um, love Thomas Wayne in this movie. Yeah, I think what's interesting about this film and why this... The, oh, I love that line so much. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the thing. The thing why this film stands out more in terms of the the Waynes getting killed is because we actually do spend time with them. And it isn't, we don't just care about them getting killed because it's Bruce's parents. We see that they're good people. They're actively helping change and being kind. And look, he's asking Bruce about his fears. And he's, he's, he's saying like, it's, it's okay to be scared. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good thematic stuff and obviously setting up the pearls, which has sort of become a meme now, but at the time, you know, like very effective and iconic and, you know, uh, it's always I effective think that, to me. It's, it's yeah. fun to make fun of, but it's still it is. And stuff like this, like the, the, the dialogue setting up how they help Gotham back. Yeah, you see how they care. They're not just uh, like you said, they're not just faceless figureheads like these are economically but also societally like these are pillars of the city they're important uh you know you, you see how the company this you know this is gotham in the light of day when they are on their way to this opera whereas when they die you know aesthetically and symbolically we get to see the grit and the grime after they're gone see yeah. like look at this gotham as they're as they're on their way to this event like it, it 
looks like it's so much do, different. Doing pretty well. It's thriving, and it, you know. And it looks like the Gotham we see in the next two films. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not perfect, but better. Yeah, not exactly, but definitely, you know, closer. And yeah, so they had done these uh these high rise trains and yeah, it's just it's just really effective. And Thomas giving those themes, all creatures feel fear. Why do we fall? Which, you know, Alfred was there for and he will repeat later on, which is just beautiful. Um again, that adds to Alfred too, because you see how much he cares. Like he remembered something that Bruce was told yeah. years prior. Um, this is another big change doing the bat themed opera instead of Zorro. I actually really like this for these movies. Yeah, I think it makes sense for this movie. I also, what you said about Alfred makes, in my point of view, like I, I had the idea that maybe Alfred said that to Thomas when he was younger. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I'm going to cry. That'd be great. He <laughs> <laughs> said, well, what? I know what? A few minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> what a way for, Thomas. Get your ass back up, Thomas. Like how, oh, Thomas, come on. Don't walk down this alleyway, please. It's called Crime Alley. Is, yeah, it kills me every time. Like, it, the alley has to be named for what happened, right? It could not have been that before. <laughs> they built an opera in Crime Alley. So here's uh, Imperial Imperial Commander. Uh, <laughs> back, yeah, from, a, from uh, the prisoner. Or not the prisoner, from the... Uh... Also, I I do appreciate how Thomas is, like, being calm. It's not like he's, like... <laughs> oh, totally. Oof. Yeah, and you could tell that Joe Chill almost doesn't do that intentionally, that it was because of the flinch, and then he just panics and does it again. And Well, we'll get, we'll get into that later, because there's, there's some debate over that. Yeah, you get into the idea that, that Joe is not just a, a, a murderous... You know, it's very different than the Jack Napier, of course. Don't be afraid is horrifying, like just oh, for this yeah, child, absolutely. like it just yes. kills you. Um, it's can we just the, the kid actor here? This shot great. is so good. It's it's hot. It's he's really good. Yeah, and the music. I mean, God. And you could see, like now, this alleyway that they're in. This is what Gotham is. One of the other changes, I think, that we didn't get to see much, like you mentioned this in the last films we spoke about. Is the idea that Gordon's been? And I, I love this introduction, this, re, this retcon that Gordon's been there the whole time and he's always cared for Bruce and he's always been a good guy. I love it. Yeah, yeah, and you, you know him now as a uh, a lower this level police cried. officer and just he puts it on. Oh yeah, and uh, you know this coming back and rises is one of my favorite aspects it's of the so trilogy. It's so good because he knows he knows the right thing to say, and everyone else, everything they say is just horseshit. Yeah. It's, it's, I love this so much. I literally just remembered uh, that that episode is called The Believer. So for Star Wars fans that were listening, I said The Prisoner. I know I was wrong. It's called The Believer. Um, and he's also the Night King in Game of Thrones, Joe Chill. Um, at least the first Night King. I, and I do appreciate this commissioner because he, he obviously later on he's not he's flawed he's a flawed commissioner but he smiles yeah. he's trying to be kind but he's he's he, unlike god he doesn't understand he thinks that catching the killer is it oh for sure yeah like and and this is very symptomatic oh boy this guy Ruck, rucker howard rucker howard with an under underrated performance he's just gone back um but yeah uh, it, it's true what you're saying like it's very symptomatic of, of bigger problems and representative of a real world like we just think like 
oh, it's fine. Like, you know, we can solve things with police work, but the lasting damage, you know, only Alfred gets to see that. And Rachel. Yeah. At this moment, I have to just be, this is so good. Oh. Oh, so sad. Michael Caine is exceptional. Yeah, he's just a phenomenal choice. If only Alfred knew at that moment what their lives would become. Yes, yeah. The path that they're taking down. My anger outweighs my guilt. And it's like, it's almost, that line is so powerful because it's, he's choosing to to focus on anger instead of guilt. Because if he focused on guilt, he would probably break. Yes, and that's the long running theme that we actually see throughout the films. He never quite gets there until the end. And we see what he does with that, which is one of my favorite moments from Rises as well. But we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, yeah. So much of these things are interconnected, especially because Rises comes back to this a lot. But but yeah, Bruce is choosing anger as fuel. He's choosing fear as fuel. I love that. The introduction to the ninjutsu. And the idea, like this, the implementation of different methods, whether it's technology, we'll get into that a bit later, but like the martial arts here specifically is how he becomes Batman. I love this. And the gauntlets. Yeah. Yes. And then the, the behind the scenes, of course, that is, you know, a pretty well known film fact that obviously Bale's transformations for his body are very drastic and, and often painful and probably not advised. Um, you know, like I think it was Michael Caine or Gary Oldman, one of them told him, like, if you ever do that again, you know, you're an idiot, like <laughs> doing that kind of thing to your body. But he dropped to like 90 pounds for the machinist. Then he had to get up to like, like literally like, eating disorder weight like concerning hospital weight for the machinist then he had to get up to um batman begins weight and he went too far and he was like 250 and they were like you're too pudgy can you drop some weight yeah i think what's great about this film as well is that it it, it's very good at it's very earnest in effort like explaining indoctrination but I feel like people didn't understand these concepts, even though it's being very outspoken, especially with the Dark Knight. But we'll get into that a bit more. Yeah. Just here, like he says, Raz straight up says, like, this guy is going to be dealt with justice. And we'll get into it a little bit in a, in a second. But his idea of justice is much different. Uh, fun, fun fact, this is a, this was actually Thin Ice that they were on. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that, which is crazy. You sacrificed your footing for us. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so this That's is like I actually believed until today. <laughs> I feel so stupid. So uh, in 2012, uh, Christopher Nolan admitted that he made up the line, rub your chest, your arms will take care of themselves. He said that there's no scientific basis, adding that he didn't want Boy Scouts everywhere freezing to death because they took him, they took Neeson's delivery. <laughs> oh, that's so point. funny. I didn't know that. I feel I feel so stupid. 
And to clarify, I have been in moments where I've been freezing and I, I rubbed my chest because I thought <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Again, compelling villains have a good conflicting backstory. I also had a understand. <laughs> Shut up. I also had a protege who was very large. But also that, that does build into this. It's the idea that he doesn't want Bruce to end up like that. Absolutely. Liam Neeson's so good, man. He should play a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> He's really pushing for vengeance. And then we see why vengeance isn't the way in this great flashback here. And the way yeah. they made Bale look young is ridiculous. I was I just about it. to say that. The effectiveness of just giving him bangs. Like, Works. it's really effective. <laughs> it youngs him up so much. Bangs in a slightly oversized coat. And the house is so sad. Yeah. I love this dialogue. Ugh. The equivalent of a verbal slap from Alfred Pennyworth. Absolutely. Ugh. I don't know if you can tell in his voice there. Oh, never. Never. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> when that comes back later, it kills me. It's so good. And this is hot. This, this quick flashback, the cut to him as a kid again with the dad when he sees... Oh, is it later on? It might be later on in the film. Mm, yeah, I can't remember what comes when, but the... Oh, the stethoscope. Oh, no, here it is. Yeah. Oh. And again, showing, Half. emphasizing Thomas as a healer, you know, yeah. as a doctor, showing all that stuff. And again, like how you said, like he tries to reason with Joe Chill, whereas, you know, not to dog on the Snyder stuff immediately, we'll get there. But the, uh, you know, the, um, what's his name? The Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Thomas Wayne goes to punch Joe Chill. <laughs> like it becomes a <laughs> whole thing. It really sets a different tone. And yeah, it, it shows you, like, it's physically showing you Bruce is listening to Thomas's heart. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's in touch with his father, you know, but even, at when this he, moment, even when he's he Batman. At this moment, he isn't. He's ready to kill. What do you think about um, this Rachel? Katie Holmes? Yeah. I think that she is... I think she's... The weaker performance... I think Maggie gives a better acting performance because I think that Katie comes off a little, a little young. Like I think that two thousands Katie Holmes, she was still doing, you know, sort of like uh, more not teeny bopper movies, but you know, a little younger stuff. She she feels a little out of sync with Bale, but I think that she has the better written part. I like Rachel's story in this movie more than I like in a Dark Knight, but Maggie Gyllenhaal is a better actress, I think. In preparation for this episode, I saw a lot of first-time react reactors to this film. 
and all of them hate <laughs> Rachel, which I find really interesting because I really love Rachel and I love both performances. Um, so it's just interesting to me. I think I like I like her because people don't like it when she slaps Bruce and stuff, but it's so necessary. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, because she knows who he is. You know, she knew the Waynes, as she knew him from his most pure before the damage. And she's right; they would be ashamed of him. Guy Pierce from Iron Man 3. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. It's also, you know, seeing how many years it's been and he's just now, you know, he's on his parole thing. Like, it's been a lot of time for Bruce to build up rage and and it's been a lot of time, you know, for this thing to be just an ongoing problem. And the fact that we're just now getting it on the, uh, when he's an adult, like the legal system takes forever. and Yeah. And you know as well, it, it's the idea that um, I think what's really good about this film and this trilogy in general is that it's very much influenced by my favorite stories, i.e., Year One and The Long Halloween. This one more so Year One, but the characters in this film look exactly that like the douchebag characters from the comic Year One. So that judge, yeah. his hairstyle is exactly like David Messicelli style hair. Yeah, really bad journalist. <laughs> Terrible journalist. Yeah. Uh, heads up. If you want to interview someone, don't shoot them. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Yeah. I also am. I, I'm forgetting uh, a couple details here. Who. Yeah. Who killed Chill? I forget. It's Falcone. Falcone killed Chill. And it was it because he had been working for the for the crime family back in the day. That yeah, he was a cell. He was a cellmate as well. He talked, right? That's what it was. But like also, he, he, was, the he, he leaked something, right? Yeah, he's a cellmate with Falcone. Yeah, and there's also the implication that he has something to do with Raz. Yeah, but the idea is that Raz told them to kill the Waynes. Later on, yeah, because he wanted to. Because he said, like, we've tried other methods, economics. Like, yeah, he tried to remove the champions of the city and. I love this. She's like, look, you think that things are fine, but they're not. Nobody cares about them. Yeah, so that that's this Rachel I like, the one that who's who's truly in touch with the truth. Yeah. And there's the, the other thing as well. She's like, look, Joe Chill, like, yes, it's it's shitty that he killed your parents, but any of these people could have done it. And it's not necessarily, it is their fault, but also like they've been it's society that sort of formed them into that way. I love this, this, this scene where she slaps him. Because he needs it. Does he get two slaps? Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And one for good measure. Yeah, that, that'll stay with him pretty much forever. Absolutely. Also, uh, Tom Wilkinson as Carmine Falcone is so good. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them, uh, we get... Carmen Falcone in this movie, and then we get Eric Roberts as Maroney in the next one, and they're both very good. 
looking at the gun. It's the symbol yeah. of what killed him. Throws it. Love it. Then, you know, half cock tries to go confront the core of what he perceives as the core of the problem. Yeah. And this speaks to the naivety of youth. Like he thinks like if I can go confront Falcone, like he's the source of all the problems. But later on, as an, a fully grown adult, as Batman, he knows that the problem is apathy. Yes. And and how corrupt people can be. Yeah. He's so good, Tom Wilkinson. The judge. <laughs> the judge, yeah, the judge. This uh, hits differently after the uh, previous administration in America. Right. Where that president said he could shoot somebody <laughs> on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. And it's true. He's not ready. And that's what's interesting. Like, yeah. Will, it, Falcone teaches him a lesson as well. It's true. The whole, point, yeah. the whole point of Bruce going out into the criminal world is because of this conversation. It can't be taken on head on. Yeah, he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand. He's right. He's not tasted desperate. It's, it's... Yeah. He's absolutely right. Yeah. You know what? Falcone was right. We're starting it here <laughs> on this podcast. Falcone was right. This is the new hashtag for the show. What you don't. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that stuff is really good. This is where he's not right. It begged like a dog. <laughs> I love this dude. He's a nice coat. I love that symbolism. Yeah. Everyone. And it's the symbolism in here. It, it, this is Bruce Wayne dying. Yeah, I mean, and he's you know he's a, he's effectively he's listening to Falcone and taking away from that conversation the lesson of becoming a man of the people, like taking on taking on the clothing and and the garb of one of Gotham's you know forgotten people. Yeah, jumping on the before boat. He leaves. <laughs> I love this bit where yeah, he seems stealing, gets arrested, and they're like, "What about the guy who owns this stuff, huh?" You can apologize to him, and it's like Wayne Enterprises. Yeah, Wayne. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Sharing with the kid. Yeah, learning. Learning how they act so he can think about that in the future and understand who he attacks. Yeah, absolutely. Why is he speaking English? <laughs> Love the outfits. 
And that's the difference between them. Bruce can see that. He can't. Raz is just, you know, deal with them as is. Kill them. Yeah, and I love, again, just the cyclical nature of, like, once you have the full picture of this with what Raz is saying, you know, knowing that the League forced Gotham into its economic depression, combined with what Falcone is saying, who was in the cell with Joe Chill, who was the most under pressure because of that economic depression. And the fact that, you know, the whole thing for his parole hearing, for Joe Chill's parole hearing, was based on ratting on Falcone, you know, testifying against him. That's why he dies. But it's like these these three important figures in his life are in, in perfect lockstep with each other, all in sync with how they've affected each other. Yeah. like, And then when you Raz, add in Alfred and Lucius, you know, he has like these five men that influence him. And Raz won't give them the chance. He he just decides it's over. Like, Gotham has to start from the beginning. Yeah. Which, you know, Bruce, that's what I love about Bruce is that he he loves Gotham and he, he loves the people and he knows that they're better than they think. They've lost faith in themselves, but he hasn't. Do you remember playing the game for this movie and getting to these ninja parts? I never played the game for this movie. The game is it's not good, but it is. I have fun memories of trying to be good at it. <laughs> or remember if the box art is like an, an alleyway. You can barely see anything. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't really get good Batman games until Arkham. Arkham but I mean, some people would say uh, NES, the original 89 game. Oh, um, Batman, obviously Batman Vengeance. I was about to say, I was about to say Batman Vengeance was the one that I played a lot on GameCube. I used to play a lot um, on PS2, Batman The Rise of Zinzu. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. You got to play as Nightwing. It was, it was dope. It's a fun yeah. fact. So um, Christian Bell decided to take the role of Batman after reading Arkham Asylum. He said that he wasn't much oh. of a fan of Batman growing up, but he wanted to know... He wanted to work with Christopher Nolan and was yeah. turned on to the part after being given a copy of Arkham Asylum. He said, That's excellent. I kind of forgot <laughs> how I actually ended up getting this, but somehow I got offered Art Asylum and read it. I was really intrigued by it because it seemed like nothing in the Batman TV series. <laughs> so, Yeah, that's the thing. You got to keep in mind for actors his age. Like that would have been his only... That and Michael Keaton, you know, when he was a teenager. Yeah. Um, or, or a kid because, you know, you know, Christian Bale was a child actor. He worked with Spielberg as a kid. So... And coming off American Psycho, like, you know, Christian Bale was waiting to explode. Like, that was going to, like, the, people were waiting for him to get that big role. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what I've heard from people that were more on the internet at the time or reading the trades at the time, like, when he was cast, that was a pretty epic uh, moment. Yeah. I love this, Bruce's ingenuity. It's very they don't, smart. Have, to tell you, they don't have to tell you, like, he doesn't have to say, I'm clever. <laughs> He's showing you. He's proud. proud He's proud. Yeah. I want to imagine that like him talking to the decoy behind the scenes. He's like, now, if he does something cool, I need you to clap. That way we can believe that I'm not him. (laughs) I I love the sequence as well. The way that Bruce, it's not like Bruce just is like thinking about it. He just straight up says, no, this isn't justice. It isn't a case of he has to be won over to the idea. He just doesn't. He's like, no, that's not what justice is. Yeah. Like, yes, this man killed people. 
yes, he's a criminal, but we don't kill people for that. Yeah, we're not going to be the same as them. Exactly. Love that. Love it. You can tell that. Yeah. Okay, I was just going to say, you can tell that within Ra's al Ghul at this point is a is a disappointment but also he doesn't seem shocked it's like he he knew he was dealing with someone with extreme levels of will mm-hmm. with bruce you know that, that this was probably going to be his hardest pupil to convert i love that line so much <laughs> he's so good That's, that's another you don't touch my city yeah just the, the comparisons to you know the great fallen societies and cities it's so yeah the, and the notion the idea that they did do that yeah yeah the other iterations and that Ra's al Ghul in this canon might be a moniker, you know, yeah. the title, the demon's head is not his name. It's a, it's what he goes by. And that Ra's al Ghul in that way is immortal. Yes, which I love. See, he could be talking about the previous Ra's when he says that, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's an egotistical piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I refer and I, to myself what... by my title. <laughs> this is what again like anyone else people who misunderstand the character will would have been very they might have been like oh yeah bruce might he might be like oh, i don't know if i decide against this like maybe maybe i could do this no this is why this feels great it's because straight from the beginning he's like nope i'm not doing it and that's one of my favorite aspects of batman is a batman who like it's not that he doesn't think that this man maybe even deserves it but that it's not the place of the bringers of justice to do that. Yeah. Like he knows that what this man did has been heinous, that he's done wrong, that he's taken lives, all of this stuff. And it's, it's what I love when Batman addresses this, like, yes, you don't think I want to kill the Joker every day. That's what I love about under the red hood. You know, like, of course I'm going to murder him every day, but then I won't stop. You know, like I know that it will become easy. I think in the case of the Joker, it's it's a bit different because like that's such an extreme. But like yeah. yeah, like you said, like I think like he he knows this guy deserves uh, to be locked up or tried yeah. or given the the ability to re- rehabilitate um, in a just society. But murder is not the way. Also, it's just yeah, like what Bane says later on. This is necess- that Razar Ghul's legacy is necessary evil, but it's still evil. Yeah. Yeah. And Bruce doesn't, you know, Bruce is sort of has that, uh, you know, we're definitely mixing franchises and tones when I say this, but he has a little bit of that Captain Kirk. Like he doesn't believe in the no win scenario. Yes. Like he's not, he's not going to say necessarily. RP man. Yeah. This guy just fake Roz got wrecked. And then this right here, like he saves the life of the man that just completely ideologically went against everything he wants to stand for. Yes. This is also just a great sequence. You're just talking about the filmmaking for a second. You know, we talked oh, about yeah, score sure. and, and the, things and like the sets, the real sets. Yeah, the real sets are immaculate. This whole sliding sequence is like pure anxiety. Like the first time I saw this, when he catches him, and you can tell the weight of yeah. of Roz, like 
almost breaks his arm. Ooh, like that's just that that's should pop stuff. out. That would have popped out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, he definitely is like dislocated in some way, and yeah, and like Nolan gets flack for his, and I agree, like his action shooting in these first two is not the best. He gets a little bit too up close, a little bit too like cutting around because you know maybe he wasn't comfortable choreographing. You know, he he makes more psychological movies, you know, more heady things. But by oh, the time of Inception, that. it gets yeah. really better. Um, Inception action is glorious. But yeah, I think that he does a good job with what he was comfortable with at the time. I don't think we get a perfect Batman fight scene until Batman v Superman with the warehouse. I think that that fight scene is incredible, despite the the killing is my issue with it. But um, the choreography. Oh, this is great. Yeah. The return. I thought you were dead. (laughs) And this is a... It changed. Bruce. Yeah. Again, he's... he's, The fashionable line is a joke, but he's he's coming back in rags. You know, he's coming back in the dirt, rising out. He's got... He's got ash on his skin. Like, it's, it's a very obvious metaphor in a lot of ways but yeah and that's alfred yes saying alfred saying your your parents did this great line And I love how Alfred's going along with it. Yeah, the, Actually, the psychology of the psychology of Alfred is, is really interesting because you know that he's somewhat disturbed, he's somewhat afraid and horrified at the pain that Bruce is going through. And he's a smart guy. We get a little bit later on in Dark Knight, his military background and that gets he's, implemented. He's also like, here as well, actually. Um, because Michael Caine said that he based his voice and you can hear it a bit more in the flashbacks, and you can hear it a little bit here, is that it's based on... <laughs> I love that. It's based on a, someone who wasn't... He's like officer in the army when he was mm. in the army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's actually yeah, so... how he built, built his voice. And you can hear that when he's in the in the flashback scenes, he's got a bit more of that. Right. So you get all... Oh, we'll talk about this guy in one second. But you get all of this guy, all of this like ethos to Alfred. Like You have to wonder, like, is he going along with it because he believes that this is what Bruce needs, or is he just that dedicated to his surrogate son that he's willing to put aside what maybe his better judgment is? I think it's both at this point. Yeah. Apparently as well, um, Christopher Nolan was so like enamored by Killian Murphy's eyes that he would constantly try and shoot it when he he does this move where he takes his glasses off and like yeah. rubs the glasses. Yeah, he is uh, a phenomenal choice. This is the first time I ever saw him. And for years of my life, every time I would see him, I'd be like, oh, Scarecrow. Um, (laughs) But he is, obviously, we know he was one of those actors that auditioned for the main role and then gets one of the villain roles, just like Tom Hiddleston, you know, after him and and other characters. Um, Perfectly cast. I think that 
using Scarecrow. Obviously, we knew the studio wanted to use him. You know, people can go back and listen to our episode with DJ Clulo from Lucasfilm. We're talking about the in-between era. They, Warner Brothers wanted this character. You know, it, it felt like the next natural move for them. But the way that they did Roz and Scarecrow, like, I think that was so bold to just pick those two not really iconic at the time villains. Me as a kid, I remember asking, like, oh, is it going to be Joker? Is it going to be Catwoman? Is it going to be Poison Ivy? And then my uncle was like, no, it's Ra's al Ghul and Scarecrow. <laughs> I was like, who? <laughs> <laughs> I love this. It's a pure year one. Yeah. Yeah, I love all that stuff. And um, He's taking notes. Everyone still thinks he's dead. I love that. Also, uh, talked over Zaz being in this too. Zaz is the the unsung villain of this movie. Oh yeah, everyone loves Zaz. Everyone's, everyone going, oh that's Zaz. Everyone loves, everybody loves Zaz coming to HBO Max. <laughs> this is such a great shot. Yeah. The conquering of fear. And this is, you know, we forget now, years later, you know, over a decade later after this movie, decade and a half almost, that that we are in a world now where all Batman stories pull from other Batman stories. This one now is old enough to have influenced a lot, like you were saying, Scott Snyder. Now, it's like in the public consciousness that Bruce went into the cave and allowed himself to get swarmed by the bats. That started here. Yeah, you know, and but now you know this movie's been around so long that it's just become the Batman origin in it's a lot the, of ways. It's the osmosis, exactly. Yeah, it just all blends together, which is such a Morrison thing of like it all happened, like yeah. every take happened. However, you want to fit it together, it all happened. That's how myths work; they yeah. get they get added to over time, and then that becomes the story. And I love it. I love this the way he's like he is scared at first, and then he conquers it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's such an iconic image. Uh, Hans Zimmer putting the music underneath the bats, like just not letting it, letting them both sync together. I wonder to what degree there are real ones or if these are all CG. I think there were real ones, but obviously not that many. Enhanced, yeah. Killian Murphy's delivery is so like believes he is above all oh, of this. There we but go. Then you the see, first one. Boom. He does have really piercing eyes. He's got beautiful eyes. Also, at the time, I didn't know that he was faking an accent, and it is a really good accent. He's great. Yeah. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he really does believe that he's above this. But then you see later on that he's he's just another flacky. Yeah. And to an extent, you must you have to believe that he agrees with Ross. I love this guy, and they brought him back for the third film. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah! I forgot about him. <laughs> and I like how they like bringing up Thomas Will still. Like he was, he was a good person. I love this line as well. 
like, excuse me? Yeah. Seeing the way that he reacts is he he does a really good job of selling like the the capitalist like white collar terror of oh crap we we won't be able to get away with our bullshit <laughs> I love this as well <laughs> sorry to disappoint. Love this, and yeah. Uh, so Christopher Nolan was really sort of he wanted to approach this trilogy with a grounded, realistic tone, mm-hmm. and so contributing to that, he wanted to give Batman credible threats and use genuine gadgets to fight crime. So as we dive into the Lucia scenes right now, something I thought was interesting is that a lot of the gear and apparel in the first film was based on real life military technology, uh, particularly Batman's cape, which could be tailored in such a way that it would take any shape. The cape was right. made with a technique using electrostatic flocking taught to the crew by a British Ministry of Defence who used this gear to decrease the visibility of soldiers in hostile situations. Crazy. Ridiculous. That's right? the kind of detail you can depend on Nolan for, for sure. Absolutely. Also, you know, another just uh, Nolan's ability to surround, uh, at the time, a younger actor, now Bale's, you know, in his 50s, which is not elderly, but, you know, he's older. Um, to surround this Christian Bale Batman with these veterans and Michael Caine, Gary Oldman, Rucker Howard, Morgan Freeman. Like, it's really powerfully done. It, it, it makes a lot of uh, narrative sense to give him these mentors because we see how much he looks to the different men around him now that he lost Thomas. Yeah. And, and it also is a, a, a take on the Bat family that we hadn't seen of like a Batman that is the product of multiple men. And and I have my personal taste uh, opinions on that of like how, how I like a Batman. But for this version, you know, someone who I learned my ninjutsu here, I get my technology here. I have my, you know, connection with Gordon. He's the product of a lot of work from different people. I love it. Yeah. I, I think that like, it's, eventually he's not, like he's not just taking it either. He's yeah. He's creating his own elements as well, and he does his own. Stuff. Yeah, it's part of the process, and they refine things together. I eventually would like to see the legitimate, and I think Affleck's Batman might be this. We just don't get to see him in his own adventure. Um, the legitimate genius Bruce, who is doing it himself, but I do like uh, this version. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Alfred. Also, again, talking about dialogue, setting up stuff, they mentioned that um, Lucius was part of the board when Thomas was alive. Yes, and that Applied Sciences was like, it wasn't just this bullshit, like, run-down department that was laughed at. You know, like, they, they've literally put Lucius in the basement, whereas when Thomas was around, he wanted innovation. Mm-hmm. I love this. This is another... History. Oh, yeah, I was to say, the, the Underground Railroad bit of like you know that it gives you the idea that the waynes have always used their privilege the best they can to help the disenfranchised and to help those mm-hmm. in pain that they were literally helping sneak slaves across america 
which is interesting. Well, a, a debatable concept. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I yeah, it just depends on sort of like they don't explore it, but depends sort of like I guess how they would approach it. Like the idea that they are you they use their privilege that way in the past to try and help. I think tracks at least with Bruce as a rich guy because a lot of the criticism of Batman is why don't you just fund social programs, which he does. Yeah, for a Chinese company. Can I say that as it's being assembled, this is my number two on-screen Batman suit. I really, uh, really this like one. this one's. I think is far better than the Dark Knight one. The Dark Knight one gets too busy. Okay. It gets over designed. Yeah, like, it I looks both. too much like a looks like a motorcycle thing. This one has like bulk, and it just feels right. Oh, look, another Mandalorian cast member. <laughs> this one I is like... from the Prisoner. Both Rick family. Rick family. You will like this movie, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about uh, just the selection of Oldman back in that first scene with him. What a phenomenal choice! My goodness. Right. And dealing with police corruption, I think, is very um, you know, timely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And the fact that, you know, Oldman, like, truly is like, the only one. <laughs> Gordon is the only one that's not is, like, so sad, but uh, consistent with his character. And and, I, and again, this, this Gordon taking from year one, and I also think the animated series, um, and sort of adding Halloween. a little bit of humanity, and Long Halloween, this Gordon, you know, sort of set the tone going forward as well. This is great. The stapler. Yeah. Oh, with your coat, it makes me feel good. <laughs> I also think that this was the most balanced uh, Christian Bale bat voice. He, he had yet to go off the deep end into some of the Dark Knight and Rises scenes. We'll get into that. I, I actually don't share the same views as most people. I like the suit and I like the voice. And I know it's I know that's unpopular. But we'll get no, it. no, no. I, the voice, I tell you, I, my only issue with the suit is that I think this one's perfect. I know that they, he wanted, to they wanted him to be able to move his neck and stuff. But, you know, the, for me, the, the peak of Batman suits is the Batman v Superman Affleck suit. I think that one is just perfect. The gray. I think he's too black. bulky. I like a brick shit house Batman who's like okay. built like a like a wall. <laughs> Although I, I'm I'm down to see a Pattinson. I'm excited about that. I love this too because one, it reminds me of Year One, the scene where he goes out for the first time. Two, I like it because it reminds me of like the 2002 Spider-Man film where you see them yeah. fail. The proto <laughs> adventures, yeah. I also love that Lucius is like you're full of shit, but he's just he's just down to a, literally apply some science. Like he's just <laughs> he's excited the only one who visits to, him. Yeah, he's excited to do something. <laughs> Lucius Fox was also like a C list Batman character who was only in some comics and since then has become you know really part of the mythology because of this movie. Yeah.
this is based on real stuff. <laughs> These movies also, I think, in a similar way to like Empire Strikes Back, they get misremembered by culture as being like so dark and serious. This movie They're has not. a lot of levity. All, there's a lot of all levity. three movies are very yeah. I feel like there's a lot of comedy in all of them. Yeah, like Bale's Bruce is like has such go. a tongue in cheek. Oh yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so do you know how much it cost to construct the first tumbler? No, hundred fifty thousand dollars. My goodness, and a year of engineering because that's a built it from the ground up that's crazy they actually built this car engineering wise now look the tumbler's not my favorite but it makes sense for these films i love it like if you're gonna do a batman tank this is how it should have been because it's not 100 percent tank yeah it definitely has you know car structure and stuff and it's still comic book enough like for me, like yes, I don't want I don't want to see every single Batmobile have a tank, and I love the long form ones. Like we said, that my favorite one is still the eighty nine Batmobile. But yeah. if it's got a fire shouting out of the back, it has Batman driving it. It's a Batmobile. Yeah, yeah, I really like uh, like you said eighty nine slash returns, um, even forever. I, I like, but I, I I liked Affleck's aside from the fact that it has guns on the front of it. Um. And I like what we've seen of Pattinson so far, which looks to be the most car. Pattinson's almost looks like a throwback to Adam West. No, his one reminds me of uh, the Neil Adams. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the construction of the cow. So yeah, good. and I love how this like again mistakes. Okay, here's a question I want to ask you: Can you draw off the Batman mask based on what he says? Can you what? It's graphite, right? It's pencil. Oh, this guy. But can this you guy draw comedy? No, but can you? But maybe. I mean, it might be different, like grades of like the material. I'm not a scientist, man. That's a great bat belt. It's good. Um, I think you should have kept that. <laughs> oh, does he change the belt too in the next no, one? No, I'm talking about the the fingers. <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> the fingers. I love this line. Why bat, sir? Bat's frightening me. It's time my enemies share my dread, my dread. is metal. It's so I fucking dope. <laughs> You're like, yeah. Hell yeah. This whole sequence is great. What a great introduction of the character. Oh, it's it's phenomenal. And by the way, we are an hour into the movie, exactly as I said earlier, which wow, is really? just bold. Yeah. And you, 59, don't, feel, you don't feel let 59. down. 59. <laughs> no, you don't at all. It's so bold and it works. Let's go on the right. Yeah, but the um the this bat suit that we're about to see, again, like I said, so this this one, you know, took the realistic approach. I went for the all black like Burton had done, and it just it works, and you know we'll get to the Dark Knight one, which is a little bit more motorcycle-y and a little bit more plating and stuff. But this one just works so well with like 
the animalistic nature of this Batman. It's very, it's, it's very comic book though. I think the suit, like when you, you later on when you see him in the Arkham, it's like a comic book page come to life. Yeah, the Arkham stuff's phenomenal. And again, like you said, perfect introduction. The idea yeah. that all of the and that's not to take away from you know like the Burton introduction is wonderful. You know, with seeing him from above and then he comes down the. I am Batman, like all that stuff works. But this is the first one that we'd ever seen the ninjutsu aspect applied in such a way that he could be a force of nature. Look, look I mean, the code of the film is fear. And this yeah. is what he does. This is fear. He's, you want to see him create fear in criminals. Also, I associate this film so much with the color orange because of all the lighting and the posters. And it really works yes. in contrast to the black. Like it feels like, you know, like dark victory and all that stuff. And it reminds me of Scarecrow's, the brownie, the brownie orange. Black. Yeah. Also, this reminds me very much, this whole sequence reminds me of one of my favorite all-time Batman panels, which is from Batman Year One, when he goes to see the uh, the rich families and the, the criminals. Oh, you have eaten well. You've eaten well. You've eaten yeah. Gotham's spirit. You've eaten its soul, yeah, that. From this moment on. None of you None are safe. Of you are safe. Woo! It's this. That's so good. Imagine being Frank Miller and being like, "Yeah, I wrote that." So good. Like the fear in this is great. The sound effects, and not that much music. No, it, it definitely allows the actors and the tension and the gunfire to tell the story. <laughs> and the where are you? Here. That's oh, so good. And the fact that, you know, shout out to Rocksteady Games, you know, for... They learned from this, yeah. Yeah, they did. Woo! <laughs> it's so good! <laughs> uh, yeah, they absolutely learned from this, you know, with the Predator gameplay and, and how you can choose to pick people off and how the enemies get more scared. Because like, I remember after the Dark Knight came out, or like around the time, they were, develop they were developing a Dark Knight game. For like ages. Yeah, they were. Yeah, and then it got cancelled. And then it, you just never heard about it again. They're like, oh, yeah, it's going to be Batman Begins and Dark Knight. And then, you know, then Arkham came out of nowhere. Arkham was like the following year. Yeah, Arkham came out of nowhere so much so that I remember getting the Game Informer with it on the cover and being like, what the hell is this? I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want, if I want this. But then as soon as it came out, I was like, okay, no, this is great. I got it for my birthday, actually. This is it. It's perfect. It's so oh, good. the guy. Oh, yeah. That's good. <laughs> oh, he's amazing. Amazing. And now you see the interior of Thomas's train. Yeah, and the, and ex the exterior of what it's become. Yeah. And again, it's the apathy. It's no, one get, yeah. no one's going to speak out against it because... You know, nobody feels like they can. That's terrifying. And then again, Rachel has to be attacked because she speaks the truth and because she's on the side of good. And she thinks she's very terrifying of the taser. Yeah. <laughs> you better run. And she's like, oh shit. Does nothing. Yeah, it's great. Oh, he looks perfect. He looks incredible. 
leverage. <laughs> I love this. Someone who rattles the caves. <laughs> so good. Get things moving. And again, that's so, so Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale, just yes. the idea of not being able to interfere directly. So you manipulate, you know, the system a little bit and, and give yeah. your allies gives him, things to work with. Yeah. Because he knows that he can't, he shouldn't exist. Exactly. He, and he, he can't, as Bruce, you know, he can't just go submit evidence. Like, how would you get that? You know, also, I love the idea of Batman taking photos. <laughs> it's got like a little photo right? This is great. It's like nonsensical, but great. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't care at all that he would be burning. I don't care. I don't care. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, and people are like, oh, yeah, why would Batman spend so much time doing that? Because it's cool. It's a visual. It's a film. It's cool, and also because, again, like, yeah, did the League this teach shot, him about this, this kind this, of stuff? This shot. It's, this, is like, this is iconic. This is the defining shot, I think. It's perfect. It's so good. What's he doing? <laughs> Yeah, so he um, he's he knows theatricality. You know, he's also trying to inspire. Yeah. He knows that people need to see something larger than life. So he's not doing it for himself. He's doing it for the cops and for the people that will see it. <laughs> this actor's great, by the way. I love him. Yeah. He's in loads of stuff. He's a British actor. Also, with uh, Oldman, this was the year after Prisoner of Azkaban. It was, yeah. And, and it was also like, so I was, we were all being introduced to this, you know, legendary actor in these movies that were, you know, for family audiences and that kids were seeing. And I didn't know who Gary Oldman was. And when when I was told, I think by my uncle, like, oh, that's serious black. I was like, what? Because I didn't, I, <laughs> I didn't know that people could change their accents like that. I was like, what the hell? That's the same guy? And I love this scene because it introduces, like, he has to come up with the idea of the concept of Bruce Wayne. The fake Bruce Wayne. Yeah, you can't just sleep all day and, and be a weirdo and do your thing. Like, you need to go out there and present. In the same way that Clark Kent needs to present someone that could never be Superman. Like, he needs to present a selfish asshole. Yeah, and, and come up with excuses for the marks. <laughs> also, can we talk about Bruce's nipple bed? <laughs> yeah it is it totally is this film and the soundtrack constantly makes me want to actually learn exercise I'd love to look like that and do that <laughs> we're both watching this like fuck <laughs> <laughs> I wish I love this whole scene <laughs> we lost the machine no, that machine we made. We lost it. Yeah, this is this this might be the only scene where it might have been like a studio note of like, we need to explain like the machine stuff. All right, we'll do a little boardroom scene. <laughs> Stole it. Ha, ha, ha. 
I love this. He did. Um, he does a great Bruce Wayne, Christian Bale. Do people like his Bruce Wayne? I can't. I can't there's always. I can't remember the assumptions people have. There's a lot of, and, and I think DJ spoke on this in our last episode. There's a lot of like conflicting opinions of like he's a good Batman, but not good at Bruce. He's a good both. You know, it's I I don't know what the general feeling overall is, but I personally think that he's he's a he's a good both. I love him as both. I think he's a good both. I think that my favorite is probably again Affleck. Just I just wish he had. I wish Affleck had scripts this good. Yeah, because I think that when Affleck is is pretending to be drunk with uh, Lex's party is is peak is peak shitty Bruce. <laughs> He's such trash. I love it. I love it too. And what I love about this is that he feels so guilty when he sees Rachel, and he's so desperate to let her know that she—that's not what he's like. Yeah. Look at his face; how it changes. Like, it's so good. <laughs> and she's looking at him like, "What piece of like? What has become of him?" And he's like, yeah. "No, I am. I am that guy." And these are the first inklings of you can't have it all, Bruce. Like, yeah. you can't be the three versions of yourself, public Bruce, private Bruce, and Batman, and try to be her her man. You know, you can't do it. Yeah, and the irony in the lesson is, is that he's still here. Like, he's like, no, look, it's not me. Like, I, you don't understand. But at the end of the film, she's like, no, I do understand. It's just that that Bruce died. He's so desperate, look. <laughs> All right, calm down, love. I love this line. I love it. There's so a lot of good callbacks in this movie. There's a lot, yeah, and in the there's cool a lot thing. of dialogue callbacks. They they do it like three or four times, and all of them are good. Didn't you get the memo? Is is great. It's not who I am underneath. Why do we fall? And is I think that aside from Batman and Robin, this is our first Arkham. Is that correct? Yes. And uh, Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah. Aside from that one, yeah. Obviously very different takes. There's no Riddler and Two-Face suits hanging up uh, in this one. <laughs> I believe I heard I heard once on a, a different podcast of uh, they were dissecting you know the the production of these of this trilogy that Nolan had to be pushed to do the Scarecrow Mask that he wanted to do just Doctor Crane interesting and that I guess the suit and mask was sort of like as far as he was willing to go and I think it's great I think it works really well yeah uh, you'll see her in a minute again but I just want to point out that officer the the woman who was with Crane a second ago. Yeah. Is Joe Martin, who is the doctor. Oh my god, it is her. Okay. I was like, she was walking down the hallway and I was like, she looks so familiar. I was like, <laughs> but I didn't want to be that guy. 
<laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna say like, oh, don't all you know, the old older black ladies look the same. Like, I did not want to be that ignorant, but it did look a lot like her. Also, I love this mosque. It's, it's simplicity is is great. My only wish, though, is that eventually we would have been able to see him with the hat. <laughs> with you know when he should have had the hat when well, he's the, the judge. The judge and rises. That's yeah. when he should have had the hat. I love this. <laughs> Doctor Who. Killian Murphy would be a good master. He'd be great in everything. Yeah, that's true. In literally everything. Well, there's a little future psychopath, James Jr. Hey, we're not in this universe. He becomes a psychopath because of what happens with Harvey. <laughs> oh Christ, that'd be great. that'd be a good story. <laughs> On my porch. And doesn't he have baby Babs? Or that's in Dark Knight. Yeah. I like how he's not even questioning it. Yeah, I think that Gordon's just like, I'll take anything at this point. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> someone who's good. I forgot that the commissioner is Loeb. Maybe oh, that's person. true. Yeah, that's great. Great. No one does the Batman disappearing quite like those two. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> what? You kids don't like falafel? What a dick. Also, is this guy, uh, I think his officer... Flass. Fla- yeah, is he, is he supposed to be just the modern I feel like, version? Like Bullock, right? Yeah, is he supposed to be Bullock, or is he supposed to be a who's it? William Hootkins from '89. What's his character's name? Oh, yeah, I guess so. And Bra- Officer Brandon, right? Like a combination of all of them from year one. Yeah, yeah. Drugs going. <laughs> Great, I love this scene. Swear to me is one of my favorite lines <laughs> from this Batman. It's terrifying. If you saw that, people laugh at this. But if you if that happened to you, you'd be shitting yourself. Oh, for sure. I'd be I'd be unconscious after one drop of that of that cable. I would be unconscious. You'd have to wake me up to get the answers. Oh, that's fantastic. R.I.P. Rachel's boss. They gave him a chance. He was oh, he was Lieutenant Eckhart. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh yeah, Eckhart from '89. Yeah, he's kind of like that. A little bit of think about your future. Yeah. What the hell? Bye. Just to make sure. I love, I love the narrows. It's like it's just so trash. It's got literal fumes coming off of it. Like it's stinky. It's like plastic Gotham. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. This is this is like to peak peak just horrid Gotham. There's some Batman pajamas. 
I don't know in this you, shot? You just missed it. Oh, that's funny. Like hanging up. I don't know if you see it again, but there's some Batman dramas. There he is. Oh yeah, I see. Uh, little Joffrey. Little Jack Gleason. I can do whatever I like. I'm the king. <laughs> I have a bad friend though with his parents. He's like, here's a telescope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go look around. Go go peep through people's houses. But he gives it to him like to prove that he exists. But it's like I don't want to. the kids believe him? This right, this fight scene right here with the the flames and everything is a is a fight scene in that begins game, and it is so annoying. Can, can we talk about the light, like the way that Batman appears in the shadows in this film? Look at that in the background. It's so good. It's yeah, always out of focus and just like, you know, the viewer knows he's there, but it works so well for the characters. There's a com- comedy um college humor video where they make parody of this stuff called uh, Bad Man. And they do this thing and he points out he goes, Why does he always pee every time we go to a new place? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. I love Scarecrow. Yeah. The editing, the, the CG of it coming out of his face, it's all very great choices. And what I love about this is that, again, Bruce isn't Batman yet. He has the suit, but he isn't Batman yet. He hasn't mastered it yet. He hasn't mastered the fear. And he revert, he's, the fear makes him revert to a childlike state. And there's a bit where he calls Alfred right now and you hear the desperation of his voice and you see Alfred crying and it's so well done. Yeah. Like the tears in Alfred's oh, face yeah. and the desperate, just the desperate call is just so horrible. Because, you know, this is also Alfred is aware of the mission, but this is the first brush that he has with what it might actually do to his son. Yeah. Like this could, that this could kill you know, his, his boy, which is another thing that I love about uh, modern Batman and like Scott Snyder, Batman and Morrison is that they it's really fun, yeah. do emphasize that this is his child. Oh, this makes me so sad. And yeah, he's, he's still the boy. He's still the young boy. Oh, Man, movies are good. <laughs> I, was about to movies. Say, I love movies so much. <laughs> so emotionally affected. Oh, so good. I love these films. Happy birthday. I love how that ties into Bruce's training in the beginning. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Lucius. I love the Wayne Manor design here. Yeah, it's a great house. Very nice. I'm sure it's probably a real location. I don't know where, but... I love this, uh, the present. Do you remember what the present is? Uh, isn't it the arrowhead? Yeah. Yeah. I can't... I think this is she put finders keepers, which I love as well. Yeah. Now, in early drafts of this film, Rachel was Rachel Dawes and Harvey Dent. Interesting. And then that was combined, and I think that's how she becomes a lawyer, is by combining the characters. Oh, interesting. I like her being a lawyer anyway. I do too. Yeah, I think Harvey's introduction is perfect in the next movie. <laughs> she's first on the floor Alfred could pick it up Master Wayne I think she still likes you <laughs> Master Wayne am I exposed to pick up this bloody shit on the floor Master Wayne I was thinking pizza for your 30th birthday party <laughs> I love this I love a good back cave entrance like I, yeah I was about to say like, it, the dumber they are the more I love them like I love all of the hidden mechanisms to get in the what, what is it in sixty six a Shakespeare head yep. yeah or any yeah, yeah. it's a good symbol too in these films yes also um, here's an interesting fact I've got for you here so. <laughs> this is interesting. Uh, Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard composed the film score for Batman Begins, mm-hmm. with contributions on the soundtrack from Ramin Djawadi, Lon oh. Bolf, and Mel Wesson. The composers worked in separate themes to represent the split personality of Bruce Wayne Batman. While some of the individual scores are juxtaposing on the track list, the titles are unified by their names, which are taken from different types of bats. Such as oh, uh, fantastic Vespertilio, aka Vesper Bats, Eptiscus, aka House Bats, and Lazirus, which is better known as Hairy Tail Bats. Or Lazirius, sorry. Um, as a further Easter egg, the first letters from the title tracks of four to nine come together to spell the word Batman. So that's Barbastella, Artribius, Tadaria, Tadar. Tadarida, Macrotus, Antrusius, and Nictrus. Batman. That is fascinating. I did not know that. I did not know Raman was involved at all. Look, Rachel, times are hard. I don't know what you're. I don't know what you're getting at here. All right, a little insensitive of you. We're trying to help people here. Look at him; he's happy on that gurney. He's, yeah, Arkham's great. 
that's a take on Arkham I haven't seen. If I ever get to write a Batman story in my life, I'll do an Arkham that is like totally acting like it's a great place. Yeah. Great line. Yeah. He's like, can I, can I take you to the basement? Yeah. And so, like, like how obviously he's wrong and he's crazed, but he, there's even a little bit of problematicness in what she just said. You know, mm-hmm. she she has a very hard line view of justice, like the prison system is the only way. Yeah. You'd be concerned. That, that wooden double door, like, what the hell? <laughs> I like all the patients that help me out. Good for them. They're earning their community service hours by working for the Scarecrow, you know? <laughs> they just happen to have the water supply underneath. The Gotham infrastructure is that is that shitty that the the main water main is directly underneath the asylum. Can we talk about how Crane literally does this, puts the mask on, runs, and then opens the door? You gotta respect it. Great cut. The Batman. It's so simplistic. Uh, audio editing and CGI and the mask design. Yeah. Yeah, Killian's delivery here is perfect. And you know, shout out to Killian for, we'll talk about this obviously later on, but he um, he's a good sport for appearing in all three films. Absolutely, yeah. Like just just to keep the the idea of a rogues gallery going, you know. And then, of course, you know, us fans like, oh, that's that's Mister Reese is his version of the Riddler, and then, oh, uh, you know, in in Dark Knight Rises, there's that guy with the red scarf and the sniper rifle that has to be Deadshot. Like, <laughs> God, do you remember like post Dark Knight when like everyone was like making fake posters for who would be in the Dark Knight Rises? Oh like, yeah, I mean, David I was Tennant one of those guys. That was David Tennant as the Riddler was my thing forever, and then there was that brief rumor that they were going to do it, and that it was going to be Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, I remember that, and the Penguin, right? Yeah, I was big into Philip Seymour Hoffman as the Penguin. That was my big one too. I would have loved that. Rest in peace. But yeah, I never would have predicted Bane. But you know, we'll get to that when we get to it. The use of the grappling hook in the combat kind of goes right. away in the next one, but it's so cool here. Yeah. He uses it a few times. <laughs> That's me in the fight under the staircase in the scarecrow yeah. mask. Yep. Dedication to the bit. To your medicine, doctor. <laughs> Here comes the most horrifying shot, <laughs> maybe in superhero films. It's so scary. <laughs> the ooze. His eyes, you can see why he's like terrified. I love this dialogue. Razor goes dead. 
<laughs> so good. That's going to be my response from now on whenever I'm yeah. under pressure. That's how I always say. I also love how this turns straight into year one. This is straight yeah. out of year one. Oh, bit nipple. Just a tad. <laughs> Just a tad. He's like, I ain't, I ain't fucking around with Batman <laughs> after last night. Could you imagine if they had adapted, like, obviously this was after, but could you imagine a uh, Batman super heavy with Gary Oldman's G- Gordon? <laughs> Fucking hell. Could you, uh, like, geez. super jacked with the faux hawk and everything. <laughs> I would love it. Shave the mustache off. <laughs> oh, man. Big Bat Bunny. Poor Gordon. <laughs> I don't know how he delivered that line. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those ones where you could, you, you, there had to have been multiple takes. I love the, the sonic sonar. shoe. Yeah, the sonar. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, it's from year one. It, it's just fantastic. Like seeing it on screen is just how it, it's played perfectly like it's so serious but so good also i love seeing batman beat up cops yeah i'm a big fan of that as well <laughs> big fan of big fan of the cops getting beat up Back up. it's the homies this is my first bat his name's dick this is my <laughs> second up. bat his name's jason <laughs> Run out of names. There's Damien and Babs and Steph. This particularly moody bat is Azrael. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And it's just perfect. Like, a, it's satisfying just to see this. Like, but the, the theatricality of it, yes, it just works this so bit well. When he drops building. it, and they all follow it. It's so good. Yes, and it's for building the legend. Yeah. Like you see something like that, and it's like, is this guy real? Like, is this guy like mythical? Like, does he have powers? Here comes uh, one of my favorite shots: is Batman aggressively leaving Arkham. Right yeah, here. it's like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pardon, pardon. No penguin. That's uh, Candaman. <laughs> that guy right there was definitely uh, Maxi Zeus. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> They're not even bothered. This is the bit where the dialogue doesn't sound like anything like Christian from Christian Bale. It sounds like oh, yeah. Liam, it sounds like Liam Neeson. 
Bye. The one thing, the one thing I can't tell if I love or hate in these films is <laughs> Christopher Nolan's humor. This, like this. There's a lot of that in all three of the films. Well, I think you know some of Christopher Nolan's humor is great, like all of the cheeky Bruce and Lucius stuff. Yeah, like, but there are when Nolan tries to do blockbuster humor, it doesn't work as well. It's, like, it's always it's always I, with the cops. I, I get me one of those, you know, that those type of lines that are very movie. His his comedy is way better when it's just subtle and two people talking. It's always the cops though. It's like he's like. <laughs> what, what does it look like? A black tank. Yeah. It's yeah. on rooftops. Or like in the second film, he, he there's a guy who goes, um, that's not good. That's not good. Oh yeah, that that's not good. Yeah. That literally is not good. Um <laughs> but the the best Nolan cop moment is when is the one from that's like Dark Knight Returns inspired in Rises. Uh, you're in for yeah. a show tonight, son. Yeah, you're in for a show tonight. Like I that that's such a like fuck yeah moment. <laughs> Bruce didn't leave a note. <laughs> oh boy! Why would you even bother? Look at it. I love this. I love this about the Batmobile. This is great. That he goes full on into the like canon of it. Yeah, and what makes it better is obviously next next time round. The tumbler, yeah. Not the tumbler, the bat pod. You're supposed to remember, like, fuck knows how Rachel's viewing this. She's, like, drugged out. They're like, what is she seeing? They're, like, in a different universe, like, in her mind. And the reason why I love this is that it, it reminds me a lot of one of my favorite scenes from Batman 89, which is the Descent into Mystery. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. That, that Because of her perception, like, he really is taking her, like, into his realm. Like, we see an actual, like, opposite version of that later on in a second. Here's another fun fact. So um, the Batmobile's body armor was put to the test on the streets of Chicago when a drunk driver crashed into it. Oh, wow. But Bell explained that they were simply moving the car down the street to film a scene, and a drunk driver came barreling down the street and sideswiped into it. And apparently, <laughs> Christian, uh, Christian Bell said, there was even this guy who crashed into it, this poor drunken guy who didn't have a license. He said he got so panicked when he saw the car that he thought aliens were landing. So he put yeah. the pedal to the metal. <laughs> <laughs> and he went to kill the aliens. Never mind. I think there might be one too many cop cutaways. Like, he kind of yes. does all the jokes, like you're saying. Like, it's like Nolan thought of every cop joke he could do and did them all. But again, I like seeing cops getting <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. They're fine. They're fine. I'm more okay with uh, violence on behalf of Batman that is the result of like property destruction and like car flips than I am of, of like cannons actually shooting at cars. So I'm okay. willing to write it off. I love the spirit of the lights. He's gone. All he did was slow down and turn the <laughs> lights so off. Stupid. You should have told her to close her eyes, man. The soundtrack still next good. to us. 
But You've I love been driving I love at the that. same speed. <laughs> <laughs> like GTA. Dude, for real, he's just racking up property damage. But yeah, this, this right is, here this is, is absolutely, mystery, yeah. absolutely the homage. Rachel! I love this if shot. That, if that yell didn't wake her up, then I don't know what will. Again, this gets like uh, a sort of retrospective look in The Dark Knight Rises with the, the bat when it comes into the bat cave. <laughs> Dear Mr. Yeah. Wayne, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I packed a ham sandwich <laughs> on the side. <laughs> Don't forget, <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Happy birthday, Mr. Wayne. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, we we got that, Gordon. Thank you. We notified them. They said you're fucked. <laughs> That's right. I'm just glad there's no machine that turns water into into gas. Now that that would be bad. That would be bad news for everybody. <laughs> Terrible. I'm in a weird bat cave. I like that progression that he's Sergeant Gordon here, Lieutenant Gordon and Dark Knight. Yeah. And then they do the fake out. Like Commissioner Death Gordon. Commissioner. Yeah. Go <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> sleep. She's beautiful, though, isn't she? Kate Holmes. Listen, Tom Cruise listens to the show, all right? You need to not say things like I love that. this shot. About the mask. Yeah, there's not enough uh, unmasked, but still in the costume, Batman. You're late. Do you know how many plates of canopies I've put out tonight? <laughs> I blew up every balloon, Master Wayne. Myself. You were supposed you, to help me. When you, <laughs> when you told me you were going to be Batman, you never told me how much I'd spend on bloody sandwiches. I like the debate still. This is great. This makes me sad. This is great. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh. They too. Oh, it's our favorite. What are you all singing for? He didn't even come around the corner yet. They, they, they told him. They heard the whole conversation. They've just been <laughs> singing on a loop. <laughs> our favorite scene's about to come up. Oh, you mean the greatest actress in these movies? Yeah.
I love this because we already know that it's Bruce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Fuck you. I love this. I mean, look at them. Like, this is not woke. Look at these people. The uh... <laughs> look, I'm doing my best. All right. <laughs> she swiped right. I gave her the old pennyworth. Oh, Jesus. Before I put her in. <laughs> I like how they're like, we look after our patients, including our previous doctor. <laughs> look at him. <laughs> Knowing Arkham, they probably still have him doing his medical rounds. <laughs> yeah, the in, we need... in the straight jacket. <laughs> I was like, I'm here to party, man. I earned it. God, this kind of bitch of shit. Unless... <gasps> Unless we develop the thing that is for this very purpose. <laughs> that went missing. Mr. Wayne, I'm starting to think we're in the third act of a movie. <laughs> Mr. Wayne, everything's think, coming together. <laughs> I think we should stop developing tech that could be used by a villain with the name Al Ghul. <laughs> He's like, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That won't come up again. Mr. Wayne, I need to tell you about a project called Venom. Jesus. Here she comes. Oh. Who is this dude? He's got so, the flower on his suit. So did Raj do this entirely just to confuse Bruce for five seconds? To make this interesting? I think it's just to underline the point. Like, yeah. the system will keep going. Oh, cheap politics. I can see his true identity. I love it. Did you really think that I would be this cool with a name like Henry Ducard? <laughs> you saved me and my stick. I'm grateful. I love that. He's still pushing that lesson and it's still not quite right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. This movie is just such a good battle of ideas. Yeah. I love this moment as well because you feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. Fuck I'm fucking pissed. This is how I feel on Twitter sometimes. I'd love to just say this. <laughs> just edit out this piece and have it ready. <laughs> I love when he goes, he's like, very good, but. Waste of time. <laughs> Excuse me. Two face reference. Two face confirmed. <laughs> if this if this movie came out now, the screener would have published that already. I know. Go. I'm not joking. <laughs> That's me. Oh, and that oh, that that hurts. Yeah. Yeah. 
that stings. Another another side effect of having to do this. Yeah, which I think retrospectively they'll look back on, which is interesting. Oh, another oh. bald Asian fella. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> that's not moving, Mister Wayne, is a ninja. <laughs> Who's bald? He did tell you. Oh shit. <laughs> For what? Here we go, Arkham. Bastard. See, and the fact, you know, it's give me more time. Like, he's not even saying, like, his first gut reaction as a character is not to be like, I'll bring you down. Like, he's saying, yeah. give me more time. Like, he doesn't want to hurt him or, you know, allow him to continue. Yeah. He just wants like, him to back off. Yeah. He's like, you're not wrong, but they can be better. <laughs> Kijamas. You were there for a week, and you're better than everyone else. <laughs> you're white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love that line. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like that implication where it's like, yeah, direct responsibility, perhaps not, but definitely the yeah. intended side effect. It's great. I love this as well, like the re the rebirth, the Wayne Manor burning down. Like I know he said earlier, like Alfred's like no, like the house is important, but it's not. Yeah, it's Bruce. Absolutely. I mean, again, like it's it's hard to not invoke other comic book properties, but it reminds me of 
Asgard is not a people. It's a place. Asgard is not a place. It's a people. Yeah. And, you, you know, Alfred learns that too. And again, like, it's the double rebirth, rebirth by fire. Like, the, the, the League of Shadows home base burns and now his burns and what he comes out of these experiences as. Yeah, like, Thomas and Martha may be gone, but their legacy lives on through Bruce's heart, through the city. Fucking flash. Oh, what did I miss? I love this line. Oh, that's so sad. This line here. Yeah. Oh, it's great. <laughs> What's the point of all those push-ups if you can't even lift the bloody log? <laughs> so good. <laughs> this scene right here where he's so distraught about what he's done. And then like you said, again, it's a it's a flashback. It's the circling on itself. It's so well done. Great script, great score, great cinematography. Jesus, I can't even talk. Look at his face. He's the child again. He's gone back to the child. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. So beautiful. Oh, here we go again. Never, never. Fuck yeah! Oh, I'm crying. Are you crying? I am. Uh, I get a little, a little welled up. <laughs> <laughs> See if this is Scott Snyder, he'd be like Batman, be hitting all those horses. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works, but I'm down with it. Yeah, but also they're fucking stupid, so you, you know. That is, that is true. <laughs> Only horses, policemen, and one district attorney. <laughs> Flash, come here. <laughs> <laughs> So much smoke in the narrows anyway. How can you tell there's been some drugs coming out? <laughs> just just a general. 
What the fuck, man? <laughs> and that word is panic. Also, this, uh, you know, we talk about how this had lasting effects just on Batman uh, continuities across the board. This is kind of also the impetus of Arkham City as, as Roz, yeah. you know, wanting to eliminate Gotham as a sort of like a plague and how he's behind Strange in the same way here he's behind Crane. Yeah. I love this. I love it when they introduce a, to tell you the basics of it. <laughs> they get like a, a what, water pressure expert scene to tell you the basics <laughs> of what's happening. I also love um, Scarecrow's look. When he hears the horse and everything. That's, yeah, it's that's straight out of um, Long Halloween. And speaking of Arkham, Arkham Knight, I think very influenced by this. Yeah, absolutely. First scene. Oh, so good. So good. No butts this time. Disappointing, but okay. Disappointing there's no bat ass. Love it. Pretty sure that's a reverse shot, but it's still good. They're all asleep. I love this. So good. Yes, there is. Yeah, baby. Again, I love this. This poison. Drive <laughs> stick. No, <laughs> fuck them. There's nothing to fear, but fear itself. I love his scream. Oh, here comes your favorite villain on Victor's ass. It's very important, right? He's like, where's the next phone booth? I need to ring up Batman. (laughs) 
Fantastic. <laughs> Gordon. <laughs> you think Batman would have told him how to open the fucking car? Aww. Again, I love this. I love this so much. And I love that she knows. It wasn't like a... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And how she knows. Another great callback. Because he's proven to her. I love it so much. And how she delivers the line, Bruce. The kid's like, Bruce who? She's like, shut up. (laughs) This this telescope says Wayne Enterprises. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's got a note on it that says, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> Mr. Wayne, I gave you this telescope. <laughs> That's great. I like the idea that Batman's hissing <laughs> just that as well. I love this line as well. You took my advice about theatricality a little too literally. Yeah, it's great. Because he hasn't seen Bruce sorry, as Batman yet. <laughs> what the fuck? Turns out you were also my weirdest student. <laughs> <laughs> By far. In 100 yards, please shoot a missile. <laughs> this is what I said about uh, in the last episode about Batman. Like, people misunderstand like what Batman can and can't do. Batman yeah. can fight ninjas, and it works. Yeah, absolutely. That's me at a party. <laughs> again, this is again another symbol of Thomas Wayne being used here. Absolutely. Yep. The fact that the the battle for the soul of the city happens on the you know i'm not trying to be one of those people like no it's true no but no but i I just what i'm about to say like i'm not trying to be like we can connect everything but i really do believe that we can there's something to thomas wayne uh being a doctor and this train sort of being like the circulatory system no it's true no that's exactly it of the city you know yeah like the stethoscope like it goes right to wayne enterprises (laughs) that's not exactly yeah sick this there are they are battling in the ethos of his father you know he's battling his father figure that he found in becoming batman um in in the work of his true father and and who is he helped by but all of these older men uh there's a lot of i don't know what christopher nolan's relationship is like with his own father if he's ever spoken about it but i would not be surprised if there was something going on there his father was a ninja (laughs) (laughs) Nolan Al Ghul. 
Fuck your soul. <laughs> All right, so let's start talking about it now. Uh, how do you feel about I Don't Have to Save You? Uh, I like it. Yeah, it's like, for me, it's right on that line where like some days it bothers me more than other days. But I think that it is just enough of a... a it's, it's not it's like negligence. he has an offer to save him. Exactly, exactly. Like he, he gave him the chance to... He sa- a, he did save him. A, he is alive because of Bruce. He saved him, you know, at... at I don't know what country it is. Well, let's just say it's Nanda Parbat. Uh, he saved him over there at the, the League of Shadows base. He offered him to back down again. And, you know, he, he is effectively telling him, like, look, you've survived so much. Like, it's not on me, you know, at this point. Yeah, and he's given them so many chances to improve and do better, and he knows that if he doesn't, st- if he lets them live again, he'll just try it again and all do worse. And and again, like I understand the argument that it is a negligent homicide, that it is you know killing him without killing him, but at the same time, this is a master ninja. If he wanted to escape that train, perhaps he could have. Like, it's not so. I don't. I don't know. It's. I don't think it's Bruce killing him so much as Bruce washing his hands of the situation. Yeah, and escaping the fight on his own. It's also like it's it's the trolley problem. It's this guy or everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> you fucked up. You done fucked up. And again, like Wayne Manor, you know, it takes bringing Thomas's work down to to truly build. Yep, <clears throat> absolutely. So in a way that Raz is right in a sense of rebuilding. Yeah, again, yeah, he ain't, he's not wrong. That's another good, he's not wrong type See, villain. he could straight up kill him now. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I, I love it. And here, like, Roz sort of accepts his fate instead of trying yeah. to escape, so... Again, like Bruce has got morality. He doesn't actively try and murder anyone. That's the difference in my mind. I don't think Bruce is like. He's not. Sometimes I feel like in the comics, like when they push him so far as to like not kill anyone, it's like. He is human still, though. That's why, like, the, I said the trolley problem. Like, it's, it's everyone else versus this one guy who was hell bent and at every turn mm-hmm. refused to yield. Yeah. And it's not it's like it's not like an evil purpose of him doing it either. Love it. Look at that. That's so good. Got his ass. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> Your job. <laughs> I love this because there's probably he probably goes Bruce Wayne and then they have to ring him up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love this line. Which is actually bullshit, because <laughs> he loses the whole company. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get there. I love this as well. Starting from the beginning, covering the hole, but not getting rid of it. He's just covering over the pain, which is what Batman is. Yeah, I love this conversation between Rachel and Bruce too, because he thinks that this is it. I can get the happy ending, but she tells him the truth, which is that you know, he can't. Love it. Mm-hmm. And that's the tragedy about this as well. He doesn't this is quite... up there with uh, the end of the first Raimi Spider-Man, you know, for those bittersweet. Yeah. Um, they can't be what they want to be type things. Because she knows he's changed. Yeah. And the, the way she says it is great as well. She's like, the, the man in the costume, and that's who you are. This, this one. And you can't say no. That's why I love that listening as well. He doesn't. He, he didn't say no. You're wrong, or he completely. Yeah. It's, it's true. Another nice callback. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Goodbye. Have fun walking back to your car. <laughs> oh, here we go again. Oh, the heart. Another dialogue callback. Man, they really they really uh, did a lot of them. Another nipple shot as well. Yeah. It's the uh, George Lucas policy. There's no bras in Gotham. I'll be opportunity to make. <laughs> Love it. And I remember being like, oh, I can't wait to watch this in the dark night. Oh, yeah. 
I thought for sure he'd have the cave in the next one. <laughs> That's a good line. I forgot about that. I love this. It's like Batman's here officially. And it's also, again, the idea of escalation that is so important to Dark Knight. Yeah. It's the retaliation as well. The re- like, Batman causes something. He creates these people to come out. Until they turn to a man they didn't fully understand. There we go. This was such a freak out theater moment. Right. <laughs> also, the idea that Christopher Nolan never actually intended to do like a sequel originally. So yeah, yeah, they had to convince. I love this line, and you'll never have to. Oh, so good. Oh, that's fantastic. And you'll never have to ties directly into not everything. Yeah. Not yet. I love it. Uh, the way that the name hits at the end oh. of these movies is great. And the soundtrack. That's a movie, baby. I kind of I don't even want to turn it off yet just because I want to hear that soundtrack. Yeah, it's fantastic. All right, we'll, we'll we'll pause it. Right, it's a damn good film. Batman Begins. Damn good, very good. Oh, I don't even know how to wrap this up. Like, I, I, I mean, did we do ratings before? I can't remember. Um, I think we might have. I don't know if we've done it every time. To be honest. Um. Okay, well, let's just give our thoughts then, I guess. Let's just, um, and I'll ask for your rating. I'll ask you for your rating. Um, sure. Yeah, what are, what are our thoughts? For, for me, I again, I love all of these films, and I feel like just going back and watching them, like when, you, when you're so disconnected from them for a while, yes, you get the memes and stuff, and you can say the memes all you want. And even sometimes I lose track of how great these films are. But when you watch them from, again, it's just so good. The, the, the scripting, the cinematography, the fuck is great. Yeah, it's it's a just a fantastic, um, a fantastic look at what the soul of this character could be. You know, at a time when the property was thought long dead, you know, like, what? how do you approach that as a filmmaker? You get into exactly what this man truly would be psychologically. And it's just, for me, it is the most Batman of the Batman films that we've had thus far. It just has everything. I think that the villain plot is great. The character interactions are great. Every supporting character comes to play. Performances are gold. It just feels so right and i've always struggled with like which one i like more batman begins or dark knight right now i'm in a begins mood i've been in a begins mood for like the past couple of years where it's been yeah. my number one and i think that uh yeah it it's just an incredible incredible moment for movies too because of how it defined the, the reboot 
the idea that you could just reset a thing but not remake a movie is really, really uh, impactful. Absolutely. Uh, if you had to give it a rating out of 10, what would you give it? If I had to, it would be pretty high. I'd probably give it like a 9, no. maybe 9.5. That's, that's very high. Yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's pretty stellar. Yeah, do you know what? I'll give it the same though. I'll give it a nine out of ten. Um, yeah, I I I love this film. I think it it does everything it's supposed to. It approaches the character in a different way. I feel like uh, people talk about the the real life Batman. Yes, it's a real life approach, but it's not completely realistic, and that's what's great about it. But also, it's very. All three of these films are very inspiring, and I feel like there is so much nihilistic. People got such so much nihilism out of the Joker from the second film, which is necessary. But also, I think they they learned the wrong lessons from that film. When the film is very outspoken, it's very laid out what its actual core intentions are, and I feel like retrospectively, people keep forgetting that. Yeah, um, I agree. And, yeah, and Rises, I think, it does a great job as well. At, cementing those things like again a lot of callbacks to this film and also the dark knight so yeah what a great great film overall like batman films wise would you say this is the best one so far oh yeah i mean just in terms of our series yeah i would definitely say this is the best one so far yeah to clarify i mean batman 89 to yeah. Robin and then this. So Batman yeah, so out of, out of these five installments, um, I think it's it's definitely the best one. And, you know, it just has it all. It has just enough uh, heightened quality to it, just enough realism, um, the tone, the color palette, the cinematography. It's so much movie, too, packed into two hours and 20 minutes. And it doesn't feel it, that long, either. And it doesn't, no. It, it breezes by. It's... Yeah, it's it's one of the best ones that we've ever had. You know, it changed everything. Yeah, and I feel like with these ones, I feel like I, I'm kind of glad that Nolan's been knocked down a little bit recently because I really want him to go back to that level of reapproaching things. And if he were to do a Bond film eventually, uh, some of the scope of the shots, so I, I think, would be great. But yeah, and, I, and that's a bigger conversation just about his directorialness. But I do think there's no way he retires without doing it. Like he will eventually. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so good. I'm just, it's really hard to say stuff about this film because it's so, obviously we talk about it during the film itself, but what a great movie. Just like, as a movie though. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, again, like there were moments, people that were listening, there are moments where you just you just get sucked in and you're just like enamored by how just good the movie making is. And the heart of it, I feel like, is so important. That's why I love this um, trilogy in general, is the heart of this. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's all we've got time for, I think, in this week's episode of Batman Returned. Yeah. Next uh, time. Uh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll cut that bit out. Hang on. Yeah, I think that's all we've got time for this week on Batman Returned. Next time... We will be delving into 2008's The Dark Knight. How excited are you for that? Heard of it. (laughs) Heard of of the movie. uh, Small independent um, film. Yeah, I I haven't revisited it in a long time. That I'm very excited. How long? I don't think I've seen The Dark Knight probably in a couple of years. 
Like it's been a while for me. It's just, it's not a trilogy that I go back to a lot. Like Star Wars obviously is in our blood. You know, you and I both, the core of our podcasting is around Star Wars, but the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Dark Knight trilogy are infrequent watches for me. Interesting. So. Yeah. For me, it is, I think my two favorite trilogies are the Star Wars trilogy and this. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's again, like it, it's a bar that we'll be chasing forever. Everything was informed by this. Like no matter what Matt Reeves does, just watching that first teaser trailer from DC fandom, like you can feel the Nolan all over it. So absolutely. Um, we'll be back next time. The dark Knight of the Joker. It's going to be a bit pretty crazy. I remember for the first time seeing that. I think the first time we saw the tri- the Joker was that great poster where it was like blurred out glass and the why so serious blood print. Do you remember that when that dropped in line? Yeah, there's that. And then the um, the first shot of his face where it's just the black. It's just black and the white and red makeup coming through. And that so was nuts. Well, that's all we got time for this week. We'll be back next time. Same bat time same bat patron see ya bye